Welcome to Life Center Church. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information about this podcast and our church, visit lifecenternyc.com. Love you guys. So honored to be here. And I'm going to give the mic. Come on. I'm going to give the mic to my beautiful wife of 23 years. We have two children together. They're 18 and 14, 18-year-old superstar basketball player. And, yeah, we look older up close. I know right now we look like we're 29. But, uh, you know, oftentimes I'm on, I'm on stage and, and on TV at Bethel, and then somebody comes up and meets me, and they say, oh, wow, you're a lot shorter in person. <laughs> I was in youth ministry for 20 years, 19 years, so you can't phase me, whatever. All my insecurities have been ripped off, beaten, anyways. So, but uh, this is my wife, Leslie. If you haven't met her yet, she's amazing. Give her a big hand. Oh, bless you, Life Center. So enjoyed being with you guys back in March. I actually did return back to Reading, filled up and refreshed from being on the East Coast. I'm an East Coaster, so uh, West Coast has this weird saying. They say, West Coast, best coast, but only insecure people have to say that. So... Well, we really know the East Coast is the best coast. I mean, so when I ask people that, it's because they just never have been here. So anyway, well, <laughs> thought I'd get that out of, I'm always defending us. <laughs> always defending us. So, um, but I wanted to release a word um, over you guys as a house of prayer because I actually, Tom and I felt back in August to come to New York City just to pray. Uh, we believe that there is another great awakening that God has for this region, not just New York City, but the whole Northeast Coast. And we want to partner with the past prayers of the revivalists that have gone before us. And if you don't know this name, I encourage you to look this up. His name is Father Nash. And Father Nash was um, just an incredible prayer I don't even know what to call him. I don't think he has a title, but Daniel Nash was the one who was the forerunner for Finney to see an outbreak of revival here in the Northeast. And so I want to read to you a description. I want you to just kind of open your hands right now because I believe you're going to receive such a fervency for prayer. And I love what Bill, Bill Johnson basically says, you can always tell a person's trust in God by their level of prayer and belief and trust in prayer because Prayer, you don't see the effects of it potentially until eternity. But it is, and a true expression of trusting God is by praying and believing that he hears us and he answers us. And this is what is said of Daniel Nash as a forerunner of prayer for revival. Finney, my husband said the other night, he said that Finney stopped doing ministry when Nash was done praying. He stopped doing evangelistic crusades when Nash retired from being his prayer agent when he died. Thank you, honey. <laughs> I like accuracy, actually. So I want you to, to listen to the description whew, of Father Nash. He was called the prevailing prince of prayer. Though he loved to pray in private, yet he often prayed with such fervency that others became aware of his praying. This was not intended, but simply was the release of a deeply burdened soul. The lady that he was staying at a boarding house when this is written, the lady at the boarding house became aware of his groans as he prayed, and his enemies claimed that it was impossible for him to pray in secret, since whether he went into his closet or into the woods, he prayed with such venoms that he could be heard a half a mile away. And while, he was while this was likely an exaggeration of his normal practice of prayer, there is a single record of this occurrence in the revival of the governor, which is the great majority of the inhabitants fin Finney believed were converted. Nash rose very early and went into the forest to pray. It was one of those clear mornings, said Finney, on which it was possible to hear the sound of a great distance. Nearly a mile away lived an unsaved man who suddenly heard Nash's voice raised in prayer. And no matter how hard he tried, he couldn't shake 
the reality of his urgent need for a savior. In fact, he experienced no relief until he found it in Christ. Lord, you are no respecter of persons. What you have done in the heart of Father Nash, you can do in me. Give me a heart to pray for revival. Let me spend time birthing the next great awakening while there's still time. Lord, we receive that word today, God, that what you have been birthing in this house, I just want to honor the prayers of this house that are sowing seeds to give birth to a mighty harvest. And God, I just pray that there be an increase, an increase of souls hearing your word and responding to your grace, God. Lord, we ask for revival to sweep New York City. We ask for revival to sweep this city, God, that you would raise up the intercessors to partner with your spirit of revival, God. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Bless you, church. Stand up for a minute. <laughs> Come here, babe. <laughs> Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Whoa. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, river of God. Yes, God. Father, I thank you that New York is the apple of your eye. I thank you, Father, for New York City is the apple of your eye, and you are drawing all men to yourself. God, I ask even as this church goes out this afternoon, God, that there be a captivating of the love of God, drawing all men to yourself, Jesus. Father, I ask that your love would like a, like a comfort, weighty blanket wrap itself around this city, God, to bring divine comfort and divine restoration to this place, God. I ask, Lord, that your unconditional love will be received in the city, no longer resisted, no longer pushed aside, no longer fought for, but a reception to the love of God. Lord, we thank you that New York is the apple of your eye. We declare that over this city. We just thank you that, that every curse and negative word that has been spoken against this city, it will not come to pass. We judge those words now, and we ask for a bright hope and a bright future, for these are your thoughts over this city, God. And we ask that you would draw your children, you would draw your lost children to yourself, Father. You gather them up, God. You gather them up. I thank you that, that as New Yorkers are singing Christmas songs throughout the day, that there be an awakening to the reality of what they're singing, God. That as the carols play in the shopping centers, God, that the carols would have an anointing this year to break the heavy yoke over this city, God. We ask for hark the herald angels sing. God, we ask for glory to the king, that the king... We, we open up the gates of this city. Let the king of glory have his way as New York professes your name in these holidays, that your anointing would come and rest on your lost kids. Bring them to yourself, Jesus. Bring them to yourself. And we ask for a multiplication of this church. We ask for a multiplication of Life Center, that, that they would find a home in this body in Jesus' name. 
We bless what you're doing, God. We bless what you're doing. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Jesus. Thank you, God. Whoa. Thank you, Lord. You know, the Lord has not come to judge New York City, but he's come to save New York City. He didn't come to condemn the world, but that through him the world might be saved. That's the will of God. Maybe you walked into this room today and, and you feel like, man, if people, if people really knew my life, if they knew what I walked into this room with, if they knew what I did last night, if they knew what I did last week, this morning, they'd kick me out. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, God's love is stronger than the deepest sin. The Lord is not as concerned as much as what we, we, with, uh, with what you've been doing with who you are. He loves you. He loves your heart. He's not here to judge you. He's here to set you free. He's here to love you right where you're at. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Church will judge you. Yeah, sure, religion will make it really hard for you to come to God. Religion says, I got to do a whole bunch of stuff to go get right with God. I got I to gotta stop looking at stuff on my phone. I got to stop hanging out with those people. I'm going to stop this. I'm going to stop that. I'm going to quit drinking. Okay, God, here I am. And it's a, it's a religious treadmill that you're never going to get off of. There's never going to be power to really be strengthened in grace on that treadmill. It's by grace alone we are saved. You see, the difference between all the religions of the world and Christ is this right here. And all the religions, go clean yourself up, do what you can, and then come to God. But in Christ, he has come to you because he's a seeking God. He is seeking your heart. He wants to reveal himself to you as a good father and as one who paid the price for your soul. See, I was born and raised in Salt Lake City, Utah. No, I was never Mormon, but I was lost. I was lost, and I was, I was trying to find God. I was lost in pain, the pain of my choices, confusion, you know, doing all sorts of stuff that I'm not proud of. And I, I remember I began to say, God, if you're real, I want to know you. And I began to just cry out, God, I want to know you. And I'd look at the sky, if you're real, I want to know you. And I didn't want a list of rules. I didn't want a, a list of do's and don'ts to try and find God. I wanted something real. My heart was crying out for. And I began to read the Bible for myself, and things would jump off the page. And I began to have these divine encounters with Jesus where he would changed my life and this one day I walked up front to the front of an altar and I just, I just somebody preached I can't remember what he said but he just said if, the one thing he said if you want more of God come down here and I walked up front I sat down right here and I just said God I'm here and I wasn't ready for what happened next I felt the presence of God overshadow me like liquid love I felt his his eyes pierce right through me the one who completely knew me completely loved me he didn't bring up my sin and throw it in my face. He said three words to me, I'm cleansing you. And I felt the love of God pierce through me. And I began to weep. I had snot hanging from my face to the floor. I was an absolute mess. But I got up a completely different person. My burdens were lifted. I was light. I, had, I was hiding nothing from God. I was completely known and completely loved at the same time. You see, here's the, here's the deal. In just a second, you're in this room. I'm going to give you an opportunity to get out of the clutches of the enemy, to be released from his grip, and to come to the Lord just as you are, as Billy Graham proclaimed for over half a century. And let Jesus touch your life. He's here right now. He wants to receive you. He's going to break the power of addiction. He's going to break the power of self-hatred. He's going to break all the things, all the reasons why you could never be received by God. I'm too dirty. I'm too far gone. They're all lies from the pit of hell. They're all lies. You see, Romans chapter 10 lays out the way we can come to God. Just stay with me for just a second because I'm about to give an altar call. I know this is weird. You're like, are we standing? Yep, stay standing. Because the presence of God is here right now to set free. See, the Pharisees sought a righteousness in their own strength, but it was apart from knowledge. They were doing all these things to try and prove that they were good enough for God. But the Bible says that they sought a righteousness in their own strength. Not a righteousness apart. There's a righteousness apart, apart from Christ. But you see, the Bible says the end of the law is Christ. That's where you find Christ. In other words, what's the, what's the law? The Ten Commandments. Don't steal, don't kill, don't commit adultery. Don't put any other gods before me. Anybody ever done any of that? 
So when you look at the law, it's just like, we're all done. And then Jesus came along and made it even harder. He said, if you look at a woman with lust in your eyes, you've already committed adultery. If you hate somebody, you've already murdered. It's like, man, who can keep the law? Only one. And that was Jesus. Christ is the end of the law. When you come to the end of yourself, that's where you find Christ. And then he said, don't go say in your heart, I'm going to go up there and find him. Or I'm going to go down there. No, it's self-effort doesn't get you right with God. But instead, know this, the word is near you. It's in your mouth that if you confess Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. Maybe you're in this place right now and your heart's pounding. You know this message is for you. And you're, you're afraid. You're like, man, I, what is this church? Maybe it's your first time here. Maybe you've, you've been here a long time. Either one, it's, it's irrelevant. What matters is knowing Christ and him knowing you. So if you're in this place, everybody bow your heads and close your eyes right now. If you're in this place and you'd say, you know what? I know that's me. I know I'm, and I know I want to, I want to come near to God. I want to come near to God. I want, I want to know Jesus. <laughs> Thank you, God. He is drawing you to himself. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. If that's you right now and you're in this place and you say, man, I, I want to know God. I want to come back to the Lord just as I am. Right now, I want you to do something courageous. I want you to do something nuts. You say, Tom, I, I'll just pray when I get home. I'll, I'll pray when I get home. I'll, I'll flush the pills when I get home. I just heard in my mind. I'll break up with that relationship when I get home. No, no, no. The Lord is, his voice is gentle. The Bible says when you hear his voice, you'll live. He's speaking to you right now. No, not just my voice. His voice is here, riding above the anxiety, the fear, the torment. He'll break it. He is the son of God. So you're not coming in your own self-effort. Jesus came as a man, but he was 100% God. And he lived a perfect, sinless life. And he demonstrated one thing, what God the Father is like. And he went all the way, healing blind eyes, touching lepers, the most unlikely people receiving love and a touch from him. So much so that the whole crowd of the whole city of Jerusalem stirred up and the religious people eventually nabbed him. But it wasn't man's will it was actually God's will to crush him on your behalf and on my behalf he took him and they took him to the praetorium and the Roman soldiers they began to beat him and they whipped him and they took the cat of nine tails and they they clawed his back so strongly that blood and flesh flown through the air they beat him in the face they grabbed his beard they they plucked his beard out and they beat him so bad you could barely tell it was a man anymore because the wages of sin is death but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. This gift was given to all of humanity that there's only one way to the Father and it's through faith in this bloody lamb that was given for the sins of the whole world to take away the sin of the world. Jesus, the gift. Jesus, the gift. Say Jesus, the gift. He came as the only gift, the one given for all of humanity. And he, he was beaten. Then he was nailed to a cross. Why? His hands were nailed to the cross so yours could go free. His feet were nailed to the cross so you could walk in freedom. His head was pierced so your thoughts could be whole. His side was pierced so that blood and water could flow. In your life, you could become born again. Then he died, and the last words he spoke on the cross was, It is finished. What is finished? The price for your freedom was paid. When he when he went to the cross then he went to the grave when he goes to the grave guess what he did he took you with him your sin your past your all the things you want to change go with him when you put your trust in him to the grave but the good news is he didn't stay there maybe you're here right now and you're going man hope i just feel like my life is hopeless i feel like you just somebody here you're on your third relationship recently and you just feel like you just there's no hope for you listen i'm going to tell you right now the disciples felt hopeless when their leader, their Messiah, the one they loved the most, was dead. But all they had to do was count one, two, three. And on that third day, hope rose again. Life rose again. 
resurrection power rose again, and he's here right now. He is still alive. He is in this room. He's about to do miracles. I feel like he's going to dissolve a tumor off the back of somebody's back. You have a tumor on your spine. He's going to heal somebody of that. Somebody's uterus needs touched. Somebody's uterus needs touched. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Sir, he's about to give you hope deep on the inside of your heart. He's about to fill you with hope like you've never known before. There's dreams on your life to go to college. There's dreams on your life to fulfill destiny. He loves you. He is drawing you to himself today. He's revealing to you. He knows you. He loves you. All those fears in your life that have been trying to torment you and just tell you that you should kill yourself, all this stuff, it ends today because the love of God is touching your life right now. The love of God is going deep, deep, deep. There it is. Just receive the love of the Father. The embrace of the Father. He's not left you alone. You're not abandoned. He's there for you. He cares for you. Thank you, God. Ha, 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 Love of the Father. Just touch right now. The love of the Father is here to touch you right now. Thank you, God. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your grace. Jesus is here. Jesus is alive. If you're in this place and you need Jesus, you've been away from him and you're ready to come back to him right now, raise your hand up. Raise it up. Come on, all over this place. Take courage. Raise it up. Come on. God bless you. God bless you guys. God bless you. God bless you. Listen, the Lord's not concerned with your actions as much as he is the condition of your heart, and he's drawing you to himself. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to do it. Take a bold step of courage. It's like you're saying, I'm going to step out of this darkness. I'm going to step out of this place, and I'm going to step into light. I'm going to step into love. I'm going to step into the Father's embrace. I want you to step out of your chair and come down here because the Bible says that where two or three agree on anything, it'll be done for you. And I want to to agree for a fresh start. Come on, step out of your chair. I want to agree for a fresh start in your life right now. Right here, young man, Tommy Hilfiger shirt. Come on up here. I want to pray with you. I want to agree for a fresh start. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. It's a new day. It's a new day. It's a new day. The, The old is behind you. The new is here. It's a new day. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Come here, buddy. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit. Fire of God, burn in Jesus' name. Fire of God, come in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Right now, God is... God is here to set people free from the spirit of fear. From the spirit of fear. There's been a a, a tormenting fear that's come on some of you guys. You don't even know where it came from. You don't even know where it came from. It was just like all of a sudden your thoughts begin to go out of control. You felt like you're going crazy. You felt like there are these irrational thoughts uh, just just hitting you. And and you've been afraid that you're going to do something wrong or all this stuff. If that's you, just wave your hand in the air. Just wave it up in the air. It ends today. It ends today. Come on up here. Come on up here. I want want to pray for you. Come on up here. It ends today. God has not given you a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. That's who the Lord is. He's not giving you a spirit of fear, but of love and power and a sound mind. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Come on up here. Come on up here. So good. Jesus. Jesus. He's here. He's here. He's here. Thank you, precious Holy Spirit. It ends today. No more. No more. No more. No more. Fire. 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 God loves you. God loves you. More. 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 It ends today. It ends today. No more. Fire. More. 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 Love of the Father. Touch. More. 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 Fire. Fire. More. More. Love of God love of the Father. Holy Spirit, come. Touch more. More. Love of the Father. Woo! <laughs> more. 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 Say this with me right now. Say, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of love, power, and a sound mind. Woo! Come, Holy Spirit. Touch. Touch. Touch touch in Jesus name I rebuke the spirit of suicide depression anxiety in the name of Jesus that is not your inheritance you are a child of the living God you're his his inheritance your inheritance in your life is peace your inheritance is joy it's hope 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you just came up here to receive the Lord right now, just wave your hand in the air again. You come up here to that first call. Just raise your hand. All right, awesome. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray together as a family. We're going to pray together as a family because that's what we are. Pastor Colt, Pastor Rich, you're somewhere. Why don't you guys come on up here? If you just raise your hand, come, up, come right over here to receive Christ. Come right over here. Come right over here. Pastor Colt, come on up here, man. I want to pray with you guys. So good. It's so important that when you decide, I want, I want to live for God, that you get connected into the church and into relationship. I'll, I'll tell you a really fast story, and then we're going to pray, okay? My daughter and I were in our backyard, and we were making s'mores one day. We had a campfire sitting there, and I grabbed a stick, and I pulled one of the red embers out of the fire. And in about 30 seconds, it lost its life. But you know what was really cool? When I grabbed that ember and I flicked it back in the fire, in a few seconds, it was bright red again. And that's about what's to happen in your life. See, connection is what we were made for. And when we let sin get in there and other things like that, it, 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 it separates connection. But that's dealt with on the cross. And we're going to go to Jesus right now, and, and we're going we're gonna to let him be the sacrifice for our sin. Amen? So put your hand on your heart. Everybody, we're all going to pray together. Okay? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take our eyes off our sin. We're turning away from that, right? That's called repentance. Turning away from it, and we're turning towards Jesus. Right now, I want you to see him on the cross. I want you to see his, his blood just dripping off the cross, flowing. His side pierced where water and blood flows to wash us clean. And he says these words to you. It is finished. You can't pay for your sin. I paid for it. Thank you, God. Thank you, Lord. Look to, look to the Lord. He's alive. He's alive. Say, Jesus, thank you for giving your life for me, that you're enough. Say, Jesus, I turn away from sin. I turn fully towards you. Forgive me for trusting my own way. And I ask you, Jesus, come into my life today. Be the Lord and Savior of my life. Come live your life through me. Thank you, God. Thank you. Thank you, God. Come, Holy Spirit. More. Come, Holy Spirit. Sweet love of God. Sweet love of God. Touch in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Say, Jesus, thank you for making me your child. I'm your son. I'm your daughter. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. Fill me with life. In Jesus' name. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. More. More. Just Church, just extend your hands this direction right here. If you know one of these... Uh, beautiful humans that has responded. Why don't you come up here and just pray for them? Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You're never alone. You know, God's word says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. They become new. You're new. You're new. You're new in Christ. New in Christ. Washed in his blood. Washed in his blood. Brand new. Brand new. Brand new. He wants to fill you with his Holy Spirit now. He wants to fill you with the fire of God. More, more. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Thank you, God.
Sing it. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the name of Jesus. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. To break Thank you, God. Thank you, God. You know, I want to be, I want to be vulnerable right now with this room. Something I've struggled with in my life is regret. I've struggled with regret, wishing I wouldn't have done that, wish I wouldn't have said that. And I've discovered that when I go into those moments where I let regret have a foothold in my life, I'm more connected to shame than I am to God's love. And it tries to fuel something in my life that stops me from actually living. And God wants to deal with regret today. What I've discovered is when I take my past to the Lord, man, I wish I wouldn't have said that in that meeting. Wish I would have done that differently. Wish I should have, could have, would have. Don't count. <laughs> Amen. The Lord and His love, is He's a Father, and He's not actually thinking about your past. We remind ourselves of our past. And so the Lord is here right now to wash away regret. He's here to wash away regret. Wash away regret. The truth is, when, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. And Jesus is here to set us free. He's here to wash away shame. Wash away regret. Wash away guilt. You're trying to figure things out by stewing on the past. You get in this cycle in your brain. You're trying to figure it out. I, I speak right now. The cycle ends today. Ends today. If you've been battling regret, just put one, to ha one hand up and say, I. And then the other hand say, surrender. Say, I. Surrender. Say, I. Surrender. Now let, the, let Jesus and his sacrifice be enough for your past. Say, God, I give you that situation, that moment. I break off right now, self-criticism right now in Jesus' name. Woo. Say, Jesus, I repent for partnering with the voice of accusation.
self-criticism, condemnation. I turn away from listening. Say, you're a liar, and I'm not going to listen to you. Say, Jesus, you're my father. I listen to your voice alone, the good shepherd's voice. <laughs> Come on. Man, I just feel joy coming into this house. I just feel joy rushing in, flooding in, flooding in, flooding in, flooding in. I feel like we need to release forgiveness right now. I feel like we need to release forgiveness. Unforgiveness is like drinking poison while expecting your enemy to die. Doesn't work. Now, forgiveness doesn't mean what somebody did to you. That just makes it all okay. Unjust things have happened to us, amen? And sometimes we do those things to ourselves. But forgiveness stops what somebody did to you or yourself. It stops it from continuing to kill you. Something can happen to you 20 years ago. If you find yourself stewing on it, a situation that is not even in your life anymore, think about it. How does it have power to even be there? Unforgiveness. You have a power source called repentance. It's a gift. And you can only repent when the Spirit of God is there leading you. He's here right now to lead you into repentance. This is great. This is called, man, I put the past behind me. Jesus, I release that person. I forgive myself. God, come into my life. Woo! If you need, if you need to forgive right now, raise your hands up. If you need to forgive. If you need to forgive yourself, raise both hands up. That was the hardest person to forgive when I, at different times in my life. My, my, myself, it's been the hardest person to forgive. And that's why sometimes we're so hard on ourselves. I have a PhD in self-criticism. Let's be done with it, amen? So let's just say, Jesus, I repent for, for unforgiveness and bitterness towards, say their name. Now, now you ready for this? You might say, this is hard. Yes, forgiveness is sometimes impossible. That's why it's supernatural. We're going to forgive as Christ forgave us. How many guys know we've been forgiven of a lot? God's forgiven us of a ton. Oh, my gosh. When I gaze at the cross and I see what I've been forgiven of, it becomes a little bit more easy to forgive others. Amen? So right now, just put your hands up and say, Jesus, thank you for forgiving me. Oh, thank you for washing me in your blood. Guys, listen, I'm telling you, this is the key to marriage, man. If you're going to be married a long time, you're going to learn how to forgive each other. <laughs> Say, Jesus, wash me in your blood. I forgive, I forgive my boss. I forgive my spouse. I forgive my pastor for not saying hi to me. I forgive, I forgive, I forgive, I forgive you, forgive you, forgive you. Now say this, put your hands on your own heart and pray for yourself that needs it the most. Say, I forgive you. I forgive you for falling short. I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. Now, right now, put your hands out like you're going to receive a gift. All right? Now you're going to receive mercy. Listen, what we're really happening, what's happening right now is we're going through deliverance. How many guys ever felt dark in your mind? Felt oppressed? That's a demon. It only has access to agreements we make with lies. You're not possessed. Nobody here is demon-possessed, so don't be afraid, okay? He can't possess a Christian. But we're going to break up with those lies, let them go, and we're going to step into freedom. Freedom found in Christ alone. So we repented. Now we renounced, right? I renounced that bitter spirit. I renounced the spirit of perversion. I renounced the spirit of unforgiveness, right? Say it right now. Say, I renounce that spirit. Repent. Renounce, now receive. Woo! Put your hands out. Listen, I don't care if you're 78 years old in this room. You're a son. You're a child of God. Holy Spirit, I just release the spirit of adoption in this room by which we can cry out, Abba, Father! <laughs> Holy Spirit, come. Now just right now say, I receive. I 
your mercy, your love, your grace for me, your affection, your tender touch, your embrace. Worship right now. Now hold your hold yourself. Give yourself a hug. Just as a prophetic act. Just I want you to imagine like you're all cuddled up in a pillow right now. And it's all like the love of the Father around you. He's just embracing you. Right? Christ alone. Just let him love you. Let him love you. guys feel better already <laughs> so good do you know at any time you can come to God like this when truth is proclaimed truth truth sets free truth when you know the truth the truth will make you free I don't care if you live in New York City, Iran, California, it makes no difference. Jesus Christ is Lord, and he is the same everywhere. And we can come to him just as we are. Repent, renounce, receive. And, and he, will, he will never, the Bible says in John 6, whoever comes to him, he will never turn away. He'll never turn aside. How many of you guys ever feel like God turns his back on you? How many of you guys ever feel that, right? Yeah, it's, we feel it sometimes, but it's our feelings. It's not the truth. My feelings are not the highest barometer of truth. Hallelujah. Praise God. Sometimes I wake up in the morning and I don't feel saved. I don't feel like God's anywhere near me. I'm like, God, you got to come fill me today. What's going on? Because I'm not a feeler. I'm a believer. Your feelings will follow your belief. Ha. This is going to change somebody's life right here. How many guys ever get hit with fear? Do you know behind every fear is a lie? Behind every fear is a lie. Why am I so afraid? You're believing lies. How do I know that? Because I have a PhD in that one as well. My wife knows. She's talked me off the ledge many times. I got this thing going on in my head. I don't know what she's like. It's a lie. And I'm like, oh. Oh. That's why we need each other. That's why we need each other. Isolation is the devil's playground. We need each other. I love this church, man. I can already feel this is such a family. I can feel that your pastors love you. Pastor Bill and Tammy, I wasn't able to, I haven't even met them yet, but like, they're great. I can feel it right here. I can feel the love. My wife's met them. She vouches for them, I believe. Praise God. He's here. Okay, everybody go ahead and just sit down. You guys can just sit down right here if you want, or, I mean, if you want to go back to your chairs, that's fine. It's not youth group. I'm not going to tell you what to do. Thank you, God. You can stay there. Preachers always sound better with the keyboardist. <laughs> Woo. How many guys feel better? Look at your neighbor and say, you definitely look better after that. <laughs> I want to take just... 14 minutes to talk to you about hope, about an inheritance that you have 
in Christ. You have an inheritance called hope. My uh, long story short, my, my grandpa passed away years ago. He, my mom received an inheritance from him. She called me and she said, I got an inheritance from, from grandpa, so I want to buy you a saw. I like tools. She bought me a saw. You know, it's amazing. I did nothing to receive that, that saw. I didn't earn it. I did nothing but just received because I'm in the family. See, the kingdom of God is so contrary to this world. And you guys would feel it here in New York. This is the city of hustle, right? This is the city of grind, you know? And that's not the worst thing in the world. It's better than lazy. <laughs> but it's not how you receive from God. It's contrary to our thinking. Because the way you receive from God is like a son in a family. For some of us, this is, this is hard to receive because of the way your family was growing up. Maybe the father you had growing up. But I want to encourage you, God is a good father. And you have an inheritance in the family. You know, one thing I can tell you right now that my kids have never done before, Pastor Colt, is walk down the hallway to the pantry, looked at me and said, Father, if it be thy will. <laughs> Might I have some Captain Crunch? <laughs> but only a morsel. Don't want to annoy you, Father. Please. I'll just take one crumb. My kids have never asked that once. It's usually the opposite. Mom, we're out of food. You need to go shopping. It's more like entitlement. That's what we got to deal with more than. But receiving in the kingdom, you have to come like a son. You know, can I be honest with you guys? I've been a pastor for 20 years. I have days sometimes where it's still hard for me. I'm aware of who's standing in these shoes right now. I'm not preaching to you because of my sinless track record or because I have a righteousness that I've earned. I'm not preaching to you because of anything else other than I stand here by the grace of God. I'm covered in His blood. I'm, I'm His son. And it's a gift that I've received. It's not by works. It's not by might. It's, it's a gift from the Father. And the way you receive the things of God is, is only through faith. It's only through faith. I want faith. How do I get that? You know, I've never grabbed a hold of faith by focusing on faith. In fact, when I measure my own faith, I always fall short. When I'm trying to find faith for this situation, faith for this moment, I always feel like I don't have enough faith. I've done youth conferences. I've done big events and seen thousands of people meet Christ. And it's not because my faith is so awesome. I've seen great, I've seen cutting scars vanish off of kids' arms where God poured out healing. It's not because my faith is so cool. My faith grows when I don't focus on my faith, but when I focus on Jesus. Remember when the adulterous woman, she got drug into the, you know, she got caught in the act of adultery. And she, they, the Pharisees, they, you know, which, where was the guy? That's a different story. They drug her in, threw her down in front of Jesus and says, the law commands us to stone somebody like this. What do you say? The Bible says that he began to write in the sand, and he stood up and he said, whoever's without sin, cast the first stone. 
from the oldest to the youngest, they dropped their stones and they walked away. She said, he said to her, woman, where's your accusers? And they, she said, They're, they've gone. And he said, neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. At that moment, it was easy to trust somebody that good. It became easy. Was it, you think she was like, okay, I need the 12 steps on how to trust this Jesus. Uh, what's the 12 steps? Want to memorize the 13 things, do the chants and the seance, you know, all that yoga stuff, whatever, so that I can really, really begin to trust. You know, I want to really... I got to do this thing. No, it was called, I mean, she was caught. <laughs> and just receiving a touch from somebody who's alive and the most powerful being who rules and reigns supremely above all principalities and powers, who tremble because they know one day they'll be cast into the lake of fire Well, they will burn forever because they touched you. And they disobeyed God. Jesus Christ is Lord. And when she saw Jesus, she said, he's the one who's covering me. She didn't even think about faith. She just thought about Jesus. But everybody else was looking at her faith. I need cleansed. I need, I need cleansed. Do you remember when Jesus, you know, Matthew chapter 8, verse 1, he's walking around and all of a sudden a, 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 a leper comes walking up. And he was, you know, lepers, man, if you got leprosy, you're eternally quarantined. We, we thought a year was bad. This guy was forever. The emotional damage caused to a leper that had no ability to be around people and receive affection and acceptance. But because of one decision, or maybe two, they were banished forever. And he couldn't take the torment anymore. He'd rather be punished than live in the torment he was in. So he approaches Jesus and he says, Jesus, if you're willing, you can make me clean. And the Lord did something that broke all protocol and made every pastor mad in Jerusalem. He touched the man. And he said, I am willing. Be cleansed. And he was cleansed. Do you think it was hard for that man to trust Jesus? Do you think he had, okay, it's great. I, need, I still need 15 steps. Could really use, you know, that book on... Uh, how to grow my faith. There's nothing wrong with that, obviously, but like, we need to renew our minds with truth, but when you see Jesus, he is the center of it all. What did the leper find? He didn't just find healing. He found emotional health. What else did he find? He found hope for his soul. He finally had hope again. How did that guy just, how did, what, what made that guy feel like, if I can just get to Jesus, I'll be made well. What, what was that power like a tractor beam drawing him. It was hope. Radical hope. If I can just get to him, all these other guys want me to die. But him, church, feelings, might no, whatever, religion, Jesus, he wants me to live. How did he hear about that? Because he heard the stories. The stories of what Jesus was doing all over Jerusalem was circulating everywhere. And everybody just wanted to get to Jesus. Whatever you need. Guess what's amazing? It says in Hebrews 13, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Oh, my gosh. That's the most mind-blowing verse ever. And I wish I could shout to the whole world because he never changes. The same one who touched the leper will touch your anxiety. He'll touch your mental disorder. He'll touch, he'll touch anything going on in your life. He'll cover you when everybody else wants to kill you. He'll touch you when everybody wants to stay away from you. He is the Lord, and he changes not. What does he do? He births hope. Hope. Imagine Jerusalem 2,000 years ago. They're walking around. Hey, did you hear about that Jesus guy? What, Joseph's son, the carpenter? Yeah, pff, nothing comes, comes out of Nazareth. That was good. That's a joke, whatever. And you're like, man, I would just want to go see him. And everybody else in your family's like, that's just, just keep obeying the law. Don't, don't trust that stuff. Don't get caught up in that thing. No, just keep. But your heart is just like, I just want to get to him. See, based upon what you believe about Jesus will give you the power to live in hope or discouragement. And fear and discouragement, they all fight for the same place in your life. 
When you see Jesus, faith will be easy. When you see him for who he is, this is why this is so important because when you read about Jesus and you take him in his word and we repent of being double-minded, Lord, are you really like that for me? Jesus, I know you're like that for me. You'll cover me. You want to touch me. God, I come. He wants to touch your life. How do you walk in this radical hope? What's it say in Romans 15, verse 13? Listen to this. This is, this is the inheritance of a believer. We have hope. Romans 15, 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you, which means overflowing. Not just topped off, but overflowing. Because the kingdom never stops. He's a river. May he fill you with all joy and peace in believing. What's believing? Think about it. How do you get joy and peace? How do you get hope? In believing. In believing. I don't know if you guys heard this, but it says in believing. <laughs> that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Wow. In believing. Don't get your hopes up, man. Just life's going to suck. Don't get your hopes up. That's what people tell you, right? I'm here to prophesy it's time to get your hopes up. It's time to get your hopes up. Your best is yet to come. Your best is yet to come. What the devil tried to kill you with, God's going to take it. He's going to use it for his glory and your good and turn it around. You don't have a problem. You have a testimony. You don't have a problem. You don't have a challenge. You've got a situation where God's going to be in the fire with you. You got a situation where the Lord's going to prove, see, I never left you. But you see, when fear comes in and tries to possess your imagination, that's when you got to pick up the weapons of our warfare, which are not carnal, but they're mighty through God, to pulling down thought patterns, strongholds, decisions, things that try to captivate. And that's why we got to come into worship, come into his presence. Jesus, I need to see you again. I feel like a leper right now. If you're willing, you can make me clean. And he's like, I thought you'd never ask. Think about it. We think God is so stingy because basically we see him through our own lens. Is God stingy? How many stars did he make in the sky? How deep is the ocean? How vast is the universe? His love, you could never exhaust it. We'll be worshiping before the throne of God a billion years from now and still be in awe of who he is. Amen. How do you grow in hope? Man. Walk with Jesus. See his face. Recognize behind every fear is a lie. Listen, we, we're, in a, we're in a battle. We're in a war zone, right? What's this battle? The enemy is here to steal, kill, and destroy. Isolate. Lie to you. Get you to sin. Keep you locked in that thing. See, you're, there's no hope for you. And he tries to just lie to you and intimidate you to stay in that place. But he's a liar. Here's the truth. When Jesus rose from the grave... He punched the devil so hard in the mouth he lost all of his teeth. All he has power to do now is lie to you. He's a liar and the father of lies. And the only power the enemy has over our lives is when we make agreements with his lies. The chatter begins to happen. You missed your moment. There's no hope for you. You had your time. The chatter. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? It's the chatter. It's demonic. What's he trying to do? Distract you. It's the only power he has. But greater is he who is in you than he who is in after you. Amen? As he is, so are we in this world. This is the kingdom of God. You have an inheritance. Guess what that is? It's his very presence. And he births hope in you. Hope, joy, peace in believing. This is why the Bible says don't forsake the gathering together of yourselves so that you can be encouraged until the day. Don't isolate yourself. If you're going through a hard time, come in here and just jump in the light. Jump in. Why? Because the kingdom of God is flowing through your life. He wants to give life to New York City. Guess through who? You want to know? It's, it's through you. It's through you. It's through you. Amen? Go ahead and stand. Put your hand on your heart. Say, Jesus, thank you that you're alive, that you're here, and I trust you for my life. Be the Lord of every part of my life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, right now, just pray in tongues for a minute. Just pray. Release your heavenly language. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Release it. Go ahead. Thank you, God. Sing in tongues. Sing in tongues. Go ahead.
We hope you enjoyed the message. You can also follow us on Instagram at LifeCenterNYC or YouTube at LifeCenterChurchNYC.